Welcome to America's Top Rebbitzins. May this class be for Rafua Shalema, for Haya Shira Batzara, and also for Mordechai Daniel Simcha Ben Haya Rachel. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, please email us at atrebitsons at gmail.com. I'm so happy to have on today's show a very, very special guest. Her name is Robin Meyerson. Robin is the founder of Project Inspire Arizona, where she inspires thousands of volunteers to learn and grow together in Jewish wisdom. Her volunteer passion is serving as the West Coast Director for the National Association of Herakadishas, which is the Burial Society, creating groundbreaking educational materials for peacefulreturn.org, assisting families to choose burial instead of cremation. And Robin also does strategic planning and life coaching for Rabbi Niven's Haboras. Wow, Robin, you do so much. You do so much important work. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Sure. So um, originally I have to go back to the past a little bit um, to explain a little bit how I got into all this. So I, I grew up in Australia, Malaysia and England, not around very many Jewish people. Uh, I had I had a very um, nice childhood traveling the world and seeing lots of different cultures. But then I moved to Arizona, which is where I live. And I went to university here and I met my husband. And we've been married, Baruch Hashem, 30 years, five kids, three grandsons. But it was during my early 20s that I went to Israel for a trip that I decided, wow, even though I have a master's degree and my husband has a master's degree, we didn't have very much Jewish education. So we decided to delve into Jewish learning. And after six years, became um, very full, full circle, Baal And now we teach and we coach my husband and I together, um, many, many, many people. And I've devoted the first 15 years of my life to the corporate world professionally. And now for the last uh, 20 years, I've been helping the Jewish people get closer to God and closer to themselves. Beautiful. Really, really beautiful. Wow. Okay. So let's help our listeners do exactly that. I'm very, very excited. So I know that you strongly believe that we all have a purpose, all of us, a reason that we are in this world right now, right at this very moment. One of these purposes is to fix our mitos. Our mitos are our character traits. And a great way that we can do this is by building up our own spiritual bank account. And I was wondering if you can please tell us more about what exactly is a spiritual bank account and how we can build up our own spiritual bank accounts. So I spend most of my day on the telephone or on Zooms or in person coaching people about how to have a you know a happier, more fulfilling life. And I'm talking about men and women, all ages, all backgrounds. And, you know, people are running fast. They're trying to build up their, their material bank account, you know, their, their house, their clothes, their cars, you know, and these are things that are very important, but those things you can't take with you, right? right. So because of my work in the Hevra Kadisha and helping people um, have proper end of life care, I'm very, very in tune with the, the next world. So my, my mission is to help people. My life purpose is to help people have joy and vitality in this world and the next. Okay. So what I want people to think about is to build up their spiritual bank account. You know, focus on that. Focus on what are the things that you could do um, to give you eternal bliss in the next world. Because this world is 120 years, right? Hopefully. But the next world is for eternity. And that's a really, really, really long time. So you can't do this over overnight, right? So like, you really can't. We're human. We're not perfect. 
So what you do is you, you make what's called a hedge bond. You think about, okay, and hedge bond means an accounting. How did I improve today? How did I improve this week? How did I improve this month? How did I improve this year? And over and over again, and eventually over time, you know, over many, many, many years, you will see a change in yourself as long as you're working on it. And, and I like to compare spiritual bank accounts to the muscle of a, a Chinese bamboo tree. And let me explain what this means. So the bamboo tree, you give it a lot of water, a lot of sunlight. It doesn't grow. You don't see any growth at all for five years. You see nothing. But then all of a sudden in 19 days, it grows like 90 feet. It's incredible. Wow. So why? why? Why does this happen? Because it's building this elaborate underground root system. And that's what we're doing. Slowly, slowly, we're working on ourselves. And you might think, oh, I don't see a change in my patients, or I don't see a change in my uh, anger management, or I don't see a change in my procrastination. But you really, really, slowly, 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 you will. And all of a sudden, after 30 years, you'll look back and say, wow, I'm a totally different person than I was <laughs> from 30 years ago. Amazing. It's possible. It's possible. That's incredible. And I like that you say it's over time because a lot of times we want that quick answer. We want that overnight fix, but this is not that type of thing. This is gradual. It's a gradual growth that happens over years and you have to be patient with yourself and show compassion to yourself as long as you're working on it. And it's, it's hard work. It really is hard work to grow like that. It is, but it's also small incremental change and you can have pleasure in the small, in the small successes that you do. So for example, there's a quote from, I love this quote, it's Rabbi Chaim Vital. And he says that the uh, reward that you get in the next world is based on the treatment of your spouse. I like that. Oh, right. <laughs> so watch out, right? So we want to think, okay, maybe before I say that, word that I was going to say, or maybe before I hmm, didn't do what I was supposed to do, you know, think about that eternal reward that you're going to get, because that's what's going to be in your spiritual bank account for eternity. Wow. Very powerful. Very good point and very powerful. <laughs> um, and I know that you wrote a book of short stories called Midos Miracles. It's a collection of true stories that shows that it is totally possible to improve our character traits, our mitos, and change our lives for the better. And I want to see if you can please share with us one or two inspiring stories from this wonderful book. Yeah, I'll definitely share some stories with you from this book. I decided that um, it's important to recognize regular people. You know, we, we can read all these amazing books of Gedolim and, and great people, and we should read those books. But I decided to go on a quest with my partner, Rosalie, and we have been interviewing. She's been doing amazing interviews, and I've been feeding her the people from my life who are working on themselves. And it's in various different areas, working on maybe their modesty, working on their patience, regular people, just like you and me, who are making small incremental change. And it's maybe it's because they maybe they took a class on it, or they themselves read a book on it. Or what's really important is they have like an accountability buddy to kind of work on it together. So some I'll just share a couple of stories. But one story is from a lady in California, and she was she was growing in her in her Yiddishkeit and her Judaism and getting closer to um, the core of her heart of Judaism. And she loves to exercise and she loves to go jogging. And you know there are ways to dress 
and ways, you know, maybe not to dress when you go jogging or exercise and such. And so she decided to take upon herself. She was looking in her closet one day and she was standing there and she's looking in her closet and she had this sort of kosher outfit, which is leggings, which are very comfortable with a skirt over it. And it's, it's made out of this fabric that's very comfortable. You can go running in it. You can go swimming in it. It's fabulous. It's called actually kosher casual skirts. I love those. I have them. They're great. <laughs> They're really great. I have them too. Uh, oh, I really don't want to wear this. You know, this is a big stretch for me and it's a big growth in my character. Um, but she's, she, and she had all these other outfits she could wear, you know, the ones that she used to wear, but she, she stopped, she looked at her closet and she said a little prayer and she, and it was just in her own words. And she said, God, you know, it's raining outside and I really need to go exercise. I need to work on myself and get in a better mood. If I wear that skirt, will you stop the rain? (laughs) (laughs) So she put on the skirt, she went outside and you would not believe it. It was sunny. The rain had stopped and she decided that's my Mito's miracle. That's, that's my miracle. And I'm going to, I'm going to do this from now on. I'm going to wear a skirt. (laughs) It's incredible. It's so powerful. Yeah, it's a a powerful story. Not all the stories are powerful, but they're all meaningful because it just goes to show the power of prayer, the power, the power of like taking that initiative in trying to grow. And, you know, God listens. Um, Another story is about money and holding our tongue and not getting angry. There was a woman um, on the uh, southern part of the United States she is very scrupulous, very careful with her money. And like, as we should all be. And she was checking the receipt one day after going to a Home Depot, I believe it was. And she saw that she wasn't given the correct amount of change. And she thought, you know, and she, originally she got like annoyed, right? Mm-hmm. And she was about to pick up the phone and about to give the store people, the clerk, the manager, a piece of her mind. <laughs> but she stopped. She took a breath and she decided, you know, is it really worth it to get angry about this amount of money? Is it really, should I make a kiddush Hashem? Should I, I, should I just like hold my tongue? Should I just say, forget it? And it just let it go to charity. Let just let it go. Just let it go. And that wasn't her regular nature. And so she decided to, to do that, to let it go. And she felt so much better. You know, she just felt so much better that she, took this initiative and didn't pick up the phone in the, in the heat of the moment of the, you know, the impatience and the anger and, you know, wanting to right a wrong and decided that that was her growth. That was her Mito's miracle. And she felt so much better, you know, she felt better by making that right choice. So, and everybody has to choose what's on their level, what's good for them. So when you, when you read these stories, you can, you can learn and ask yourself, you know, maybe I could work a little bit on, you know, my character trait of patience or anger management or modesty, whatever, whatever it is, and just get inspiration from regular people. You know, I love that you said it's from regular people. It's not from Siddiquim. It's not from Godolim, not, not from big rabbis. It's just regular people like you and me and everybody else listening. We can all have our own true life Midos miracles. It's amazing. That's right. We can. We can. As long as you keep like a journal and then you can track it. You can see where you're going in your life. And that's really key is to write it down. Write down your goals. Write down your what you want to work on. And then you can track it. Keep a hedge bond. Keep an accounting. That's very key in our, in our Jewish faith is to keep an accounting of where we've gone and where we're coming from and where we're trying to go. 
That, that's beautiful. And it's so true. It really, really is. Wow. And so if somebody wants to buy the Midos Miracles book, where is it available? Sure. Yeah. So I have a website called robinmeyerson.com. And um, on that website, you can download actually a free um, first 10, 10 stories. You can, get, you can get a sample of it and see if you like it. You can get the first 10 stories free on the website. And if you'd like to buy it, you can also buy it. And all the proceeds actually go to a nonprofit organization that I started called Jewish Wellness Research Institute, because I believe that it's so important for the Jewish people to have emotional wellness. And so I, I wrote the book as a, as a nonprofit gift as a gift to the Jewish people. That's very special and very much needed. So that's awesome. So robinmeyerson.com, if anybody wants to get to get the book and to see the first 10 stories for free, I think that's great. Um, so I also know that you coach women on finding their purpose in life. We are all so busy on a daily basis, taking care of the kids, being there for our husband, running the house, going on errands, and we forget that there is an actual reason that Hashem put us here in this world, a true purpose to why we exist. It's really an entire workshop I know that you give over a few hours, but I want to see if maybe you could talk to us a little bit about how women can at least begin to figure out why they are here in this world so they can truly start living in fulfillment of that purpose. It's a great question. You know how it's a big mitzvah to return a lost object? Like let's say someone lost a wallet and it's a big mitzvah to return it. Well, big mitzvah to return someone's purpose to them as well because you're returning themselves to them so <laughs> I never thought about that way but yeah you're right it's true <laughs> yeah you really are because we are so busy that we forget who are we what are we here for so I like to make the analogy of the toy the Rubik's Cube you know the force I think it's six-sided but I like to take four sides and we're all multi-dimensional so as a woman, we have a role as let's say if we're married as a wife and a mother, we have a role. We have a role as a Jewish person. We have a role in this generation, like why were we born now versus like 500 years ago? And what's our essential purpose? So there's like four purposes and not to get overwhelmed by this, but it makes sense, right? When you think about it, half, you know, part of my day, I'm focusing on being a mother and a wife and part of my day, I'm focusing maybe on my career and my community. And so it makes sense that we're multidimensional. So I like to have people think of very simply a verb or an adjective and a noun. So for example, I'll give you an example. So what's my purpose as um, a mother and a wife? as a woman, okay? Think of a verb and a noun. So here's an example. My purpose as a, a mother and a wife is to be loving and caring and supportive to my husband and children. Now, I might not be perfect at that, but that's okay. I wanna write that down. It's very important to write it down. My purpose as a wife and a mother is to be loving and supportive to my husband and children. So you write that one little sentence down and you might not even be it, but it's okay. You can fake it. You can fake it till you make it. I'm a true believer of that. I and agree. Down, maybe you put it in your sitter, maybe you put it on your fridge or somewhere you make a little sticky of it. And so that's what you, that's your purpose as your, as a wife and a mother. Then you think about, well, what's my role as a Jew? And there's no wrong or right answer here. There's really no wrong or right answer, but let's say you're, like for me, I know I have like a prayer palace in my backyard. <laughs> my purpose as a Jew is to daven, is to daven and share the wonder of Hashem in this world and the next. So I know that that's my purpose. 
So I, you, you connect to it. So I wrote it down and you can write yours down and then sleep on it for a few days and think about it. And you'll know it's supposed to feel warm and cozy. And then the next purpose is your role in this generation. So why, why was I born this generation? So for me, it's because I'm, I'm here, I know for sure, to help bring the Jewish people back to Judaism, to do the outreach that I do and to bring Jews more joy and vitality um, in this world and the next. So, but for other people it could be like to do a Kiddush Hashem or to do, um, to have guests or to notice the Hashkaka Pratis. There's one key thing that, that is so like, that just defines you. It defines your soul, your essence as a Jew in this world, um, in this generation. Um, and then the last one is your personal, your personal mission. And the word is Yehud from Rabbi Niven. He uses the word Yehud and it means destination. So it means that you're going to that destination. So it could be that, you know, you're going on the wrong path and God will send you messages and try and push you onto the right path because you're not listening. You're not doing your purpose and your mission. And you'll, you'll get messages from God and I'll say, uh-uh, you're not listening. And you'll, so you got to listen to the Hashgach and practice. But you make another, you make a verb and a noun with your purpose, like for as a person. So my purpose could be to teach children or my purpose is to help the elderly. You see how there's a verb and a noun. Yes. It makes it easier. Like some people think, oh, my purpose, I don't want to build hospitals or build schools. Like that's so enormous. That, that sounds like an enormous purpose for someone. But for other people, it could be just my, could be very beautiful and, and essential. My purpose is to, to care for my family, you know? So whatever it is, it's yours and it's yours alone. And it's true to you. That's so beautiful. And I like the way that you said it's, it's true to you. It's personalized because my purpose is dif different from your purpose is different from, you know, somebody else's purpose. And it's really important that just because somebody else has that purpose, we don't have to feel bad, you know, or jealous or envious that somebody else has that purpose because we have our own purpose and it's our job in this world to fulfill specifically our own purpose that was given to us by Hashem. Right. And you don't have to do your purpose all day long either. Like some people maybe they're lucky they have the time to do their purpose all day long. But for other people, let's say they like to make plays. You know, they like to create and direct plays, but they only do that once a year. And the rest of their, that time of the year, they're a nurse, let's say. Right. But they fulfill their purpose once a year for like two months while they're creating and directing and producing a play. And that's good. And that's enough. And that fulfills them up. And they've done it. They've done their purpose. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. And that is good to know that you don't have to do your purpose all day long. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and one last very important area that you focus on is helping women get the right mindset for happiness in this world and in the next world. And I want to see if you could talk to us about this concept of mindset and how we can attain this mindset for to attain happiness, both in this world and the next. Sure. So first of all, just being conscious that there is a next world, you know, we just get so busy, we don't even think about the next world, we're just always thinking about the now, which you have to think about the present, but um, just be conscious that there, I'm building myself and doing my good deeds in this world for the next. So have a mindset of the next world. And a mindset is a consciousness and awareness of, of something. So there's another mindset that's very, very important. And it's called effort versus result. So the mindset is 
that you just have to try. You just have to try and do your best to work on your meetups. You just have to try and build your spiritual account, bank account. You just have to try to have a great marriage and you just have to try to have great children. But the result is totally up to God. Okay. For sure. It's not up to you at all. So the you just have to try. And having this mindset that I'm just a trier gives you such more peace of mind because you know you at least tried. Right? It just it's it just gives you such more calmness that you know I tried. I tried to go to the store today to get groceries, but my car broke down. It's not my fault. <laughs> I tried. So that mindset say, okay, fine. I don't need to get annoyed. Okay, I tried. I have the God has me going on a curveball. Another mindset is that um is the pleasure of working on yourself. Yeah, I Rabbi Nimmin calls this the um the Midos paradigm, the mindset of working on your Midos and having pleasure in it. So let's say, let's say a kid breaks a glass or, or someone left their dirty laundry on the floor and you've told them a million times not to do that, right? We can all relate to that. Yes. So the mindset of working on your meadows and saying, stop, drop that thought and just roll with it. That gives you pleasure because you've grown in the moment and not gotten, not gotten angry or, or said, you know, yelled or whatever at the, at the clothes being left on the floor. So that mindset of, thank you, Hashem, you gave me this mess to clean up so that I could work on myself. <laughs> it's a kind of funny, it's a funny thing to say, but it really, it really switches. It's like a light bulb. It switches. It's, 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 it takes practice. It's like a muscle. It's a muscle, like, you know, you're working on your, you know, your biceps, you got to work on this muscle. And then the last one, I mean, there's many mindsets, but I like to focus on these few. The last one is tranquility versus adversity. Hmm. Okay. So the mindset being, oh, I just want tranquility all the time. Please just let it be tranquil. <laughs> but that's not how life is. Okay. God did not design the world. I mean, just look in the Torah. It's full of adversity. Every Ima and Abba is having, you know, adversity, tons of it. So life is not tranquil. It's not meant to be. It's meant, to, there is meant to be adversity. So just go with that and just know that, okay, I have some adverse situations. I have to deal with it. I have to, you know, grow in that. And just knowing that is half the battle. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I like that what you said. It's not going to be perfect and easy flowing and easy going all day long. And, and, yeah learning how to handle yourself and handle your situations during times of adversity is also part of that developing that mindset and also maybe even developing your purpose, you know, in order to build yourself more as a person, a more patient person, um, a person who's not so reactive, a person who kind of can take in a situation and what's happening calmly and then determine what is the best course of action before reacting impulsively. Right. You know, God loves us. God loves us. He wants the best for us. So if he sends us an adversity situation or if he sends us a kid that dropped, you know, a glass or he sent us a husband that forgot to bring us flowers, whatever. God loves us and he's doing all of those things because he wants us to grow and he knows it's good for us. And so it's OK because we're going to get a better spiritual bank account in the next world on how we react. It's okay. I love it. I love it. And it ties everything together. It's perfect. Thank you so much, Robin, for joining us on America's Top Rebbitsons. It was really a pleasure to have you on the show. And may all the learning we did today be for the Rafua Shalema of Haya Shira, Batsara, and also Mordechai Daniel Simcha, Ben Haya Rachel. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Pleasure.